What it do, what it do, you know what it is. It is Tuesday, a beautiful Tuesday here in Virginia. We are getting ready for spring, getting ready to jump into May. Things are going down here in Virginia. You know we got something in the water coming up. Okay, so we got to give a big up to Pharrell for bringing that back. We got a lot of things happening, like today, Give Local 757. So please go check out that website to give to local charities who are out here and about making things happen in our communities. You know, also, you know, shout out your girl, Dynamic Divas, because, you know, we can't do it without you guys. So all your generosity goes to a really good cause. We're also going to talk about things that are happening and paying homage to people. But, you know... I I just can't even get into all the things we're getting ready to do. But, you know, I want to just want you guys to get your tea, get your coffee, get your, get your sit back on, okay? Get a pen and a pencil because today we're going to have a fantastic show with a woman that is wearing many hats, doing the thing. As the expression is, these shoes are meant for walking and she is walking in her purpose. Trust me and believe me. But we're going to talk about what's going on in the community, y'all. Let me give a shout out first to everyone that's sitting here today. But I want to take a moment for us to uh, have a moment of silence for the passing of Harry Belafonte. I mean, an activist, an actor, a singer, one of the best friends to Martin Luther King Jr. who helped him write the I Give a Dream speech. I mean, how incredible this man's life was and his legacy that he leaves for us here in the civil rights movement as we move forward into Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter. So to the family of Harry Belafonte, peace and blessings as he is going home to celebrate another life in the celestial to the Belafonte family. But I want to get my shout outs first, but tonight's episode, we're talking about alignment for action yields empowerment. So, you know, you have like triple A for your car and AARP, but you're going to have the A and the A to get your E on, okay? You're going to have alignment for action for empowerment because you got to align yourself, right? So you can have the action so that you can be empowered. So you notice how I dropped that noun, subject, and verb. My English teacher would be really proud of me right now because I remember my lessons. Let me tell you, sometimes you got to go back to the books. But community events coming up, like I just mentioned at the top of the show, give Local 757. Please visit their website. You know, just as myself, there are many other organizations that are out here on the, on the beaten path, walking the streets, getting the resources to those in the community. Because we can't do this without you. And we are here to make sure that each and every one of you guys are empowered. So please visit www.givelocal757.com. And if your nonprofit is not there that you are familiar with or you want to give to, well, go ahead and get to their website and check them out. I'm going to do a hint, hint. Check out the Dynamic Divas and, you know, and all these other nonprofits that are doing some great things because they're doing some tremendous work. And without your support, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Another big thing coming up is the Power Magazine launch. That's going down on April 30th. It is going to be celebrating 100 women here in the Hampton Roads area who have come through victory, through tragedy, and taking their trauma, and now is educating and empowering others. And you can also catch their tickets um, on the PowerMagazineLaunch.com. It's going to be a wonderful event. Please go out there and uh, partake if you're available. 
Another big event that's really close to my heart is the Jenna I Feeds collaboration. She's doing a masquerade ball to raise money to help for the feeding of the homeless. And let me tell you, you guys, you know how the expression they say is when you're hangry because you haven't eaten anything. Mm -hmm. Imagine being in the shoes of someone who's who's homeless and hungry. That that's a, that's a that's a double threat right there because we're not giving them the nourishment for their body and we're not feeding their spirit. So please, if you are in town on May six, please purchase a ticket. If you can't make it to the event, donate to this cause because homelessness affects a lot of people and some people just don't tell you. But sometimes that lunch that a child has in school may be the only the only meal they have for the day or what someone gives them, you know, in their office or uh, in the course of their day. You know, please go out there and support these events. You know, I really want everyone to recognize the importance of these events. So I'm, those are my community shout outs. Um, if you want more information, I'll have everything posted on my website because I like to share, 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 because it's all about getting the information now now i want to recognize something so important do you know to in april on april 11th the civil rights act of 1964 added another amendment to it to include fair housing did you realize how the civil rights act have grown tremendously over the years to give us a voice to let us be protected to let us not be discriminated against and the power of the vote and how we use our vote is extremely important because we have to give things sound. We have to be heard. So I'm saying all this to say, if these people didn't fight that fight then, we wouldn't be able to fight the fights we're fighting now. So we must pay homage to those people that have out and laid the foundation for us. So when you think about all these different laws and how they come about, it's people just like you, myself, your ancestors who have laid down some foundations and legacies for us to learn that we need to exercise the power to vote. Man, woman, don't make a difference. Get out there, stroke your pen and vote for what you feel is right for the time. Now, you guys know it's April. And April is a very important month to me. You know why? Because the, the sun is shining. My elephant ears are growing. You know, people are starting to think about vacation. Kids are talking about getting out of school already. But April is my birthday month. Okay. So let me tell I celebrate all month. Okay. Let me tell you something. You see me? I got to celebrate all month. Because I done made it 365 days around the sun. I have been able to make it through pressures and traumas for another 65, 365 days. I've been able to love on people. I have been able to be inspired by people. I have been able to walk in faith forward every day. So April is an important month to me. So I'm a showboat all, I'm gonna be cute all month. How about that? Hey. now okay i digress let me let me let me bring it back you know sometimes i gotta behave myself when i get on the air you know it gotta be too cute so now as i was talking about recognizing the importance of voting this this guest i have first off i saw this guest do a live on facebook and i was so enamored by what she was saying it I had to stop what I was doing to pay attention because, you know, you hear some things on Facebook and, you know, we do, we, we scroll to the next thing. I stopped and I paid attention to 
subject matter she was talking about in reference to workforce development and to going green and all these things that made me say, wow, these things are happening now. Where they didn't happen when you know my mom was coming up or my grandmoms was coming up. Like these things are going on right now. Let me pay attention to who she is. So you know me, the diva did her research and I said I got to reach out to this delegate. So I'm gonna give you some tidbits because we're gonna bring her on. And let me tell you, honey, she cute, baby. Let me let me tell you, she working today, okay? You know, let me tell you, I brings the I brings the tea, right? I'm gonna bring it to you. But this this young lady, okay. Well, you know, she was born and raised out of Norfolk. You know how it is. You know, don't forget it done. We don't be playing. We ain't got no time to be joking around. <laughs> she is a graduate of St. Mary's Academy and Booker T. Washington High School, y'all. Can I get it up for Booker T, baby? Woo-woo! What it is. All right. She also graduated from Topwater Community College at ODU. So she has been graced by all of the education just here in this area. She's also graduated... Um, with degrees in business administration and marketing. So she know how to get the business, market in the business, and bring awareness to the business. She know how to do all that. Y'all ain't ready for it. I'm, I'm going to give you some more tidbits, but y'all ain't ready for it. She also graduated from the University of Virginia Institute for Political Leadership. Did you hear? I said political leadership. And the strongest word there is leadership. Follow me now, y'all. Come on, walk this walk with me. Okay. And... You want to get your house right? You want to learn about buying some property? She got a real estate agency too. But now, now she's touching everything. She's touching everything. She's also elected to serve as a member of the Virginia House of Delegates. Now, when I say this woman is wearing many hats, she's not only wearing a hat, she's not tipped a hat to let y'all know that. Like, attention. Okay. So now I want you guys to join me, okay, as we welcome delegate Angela Williams Graves to the show baby yes <sighs> so thank you thank you thank you welcoming you to the show welcome to the dynamic perspective podcast let's have some fun absolutely now y'all see I told you she fierce with the red lipstick so you're gonna pay attention <laughs> to the words that are coming out of her mouth y'all y'all know how I feel. okay before we jump into this, I want what woman inspired you the most when you were coming up? Wow. So the woman, I would say, I really would say, actually, it's a combination of women and men. It's a woman and a man. So in the political area, area it was Senator Yvonne Miller. Um, I had been seeing Senator Miller um, as an elected official all of my life. And I really didn't realize how much all of my life really meant until I realized that this year was the 40th year anniversary of her actually being elected to office. And I'm 51. So that means I have been seeing her since I was about 11 or 12 years old as an elected official and as a real voice for our community. The male who was the um, inspiration in my life was actually my dad. I'm a daddy's girl. And so um, he was always very active in the community, very active politically. And he encouraged me and inspired me to get involved and to, to just kind of do something. Don't just sit there on the sidelines, but do something. And if you don't do anything, um, make sure that you vote. That's where that came from, making sure that you um, that you vote. And so those are like my two inspirations. My mama was the quiet storm. 
She was a okay. she was a praying mama. She was a quiet mama. She was the one who led by example. So if there is a quiet, sensitive side to me, it came from her. <laughs> okay. okay, so so what I'm hearing is um, you you uh, softly walk your storm. How about that? You know, you, you walk. Like that's it. I like that. Y'all y'all see how I did that, right? Like okay, that. pay attention now. We're gonna learn some things today. Um, like I said, I saw you uh, do a couple of your Facebook lives. I started following you and you've always been consistent in your message and, and, and what you want to bring um, to, to, to politics, to government here in Virginia. But now for people who don't know what your platforms are, what are the top three priorities um, you would tackle? When you are well, elected, put that in the air. When, when you are elected, we put it out there now. When, okay? Right, exactly. So I am currently the delegate and representing the 90th House District, running for the Senate. And my top three priorities surround are surrounded by number one, reducing gun violence and making sure that we are proactive and not reactive. Every single day, we wake up to somebody got shot, somebody got killed, somebody got. I mean, it's like clockwork, right? And so it's not that I don't mind people. I don't want people to have guns, but I don't want the wrong people to have guns because that creates a problem for our community. And we have to work together to make sure that folks understand that a gun is not the way to solve or resolve a problem. So gun violence and, and, and gun safety measures are number one for me. The second, if there was a 1A, right, there is um, a woman's right to choose, right? A woman's right to choose. I can't tell you how adamant I am about being able to have control and autonomy over my own body and how adamant I am about having about women, every single woman in the Commonwealth of Virginia having autonomy over her own body. We are strong. We are capable. We are able to make decisions for ourselves and we don't need another man. We don't need a politician. We don't need an elected official, whatever it is you want to call us, uh, making decisions for us. We can make those decisions for ourselves. And then the last thing that's important to me is making sure that we fully fund education. Um, our teachers are, we, we passed a pay raise for our teachers, but they still remain underpaid. We've got crumbling school buildings um, in all of our localities. And so I want to make sure that we don't start diverting money to charter schools or lab schools or any other schools before we fully fund public education. That is, um, education is a source for people to be able to get out of poverty. It's the source for people to be able to, you know, go on and do well in life. And a quality education is the foundation for people being able to have a quality life. So if I had to pick a top three, those are it. Well, see, now I told you guys when I heard on Facebook, I had to stop what I was doing because it, it moved me to hear how articulate you spoke about these things that are, are right now happening in our society that has everyone all over the place. And you know, mm -hmm. when when you think of legacy, when I talk to my mom and your family members, we think of legacy. You know, there's an internal legacy and there's an internal. So you have to be able to see how things impact your life mm -hmm. and being able to focus on the things that are beneficial for me now, which will be beneficial for my children, so forth and so on. So with all the things that have been done in the recent months with the right to choose, gun safety, uh, workforce development, all those things are, are legacy bound. 
depending on how we we structure it and put it together. Mm -hmm. And the biggest thing, and I do agree with you, is I don't like turning on the news in the morning because it's like the same routine. The weather is, traffic is, and shooting at such and such. Mm -hmm. And it becomes Mm -hmm. a depressing after a while where you find yourself saying, oh my goodness, like, another another person is shot or another robbery just happened where there's a fatality all these different things that occur and it makes you realize we are not looking at the the hardcore issue and it's the gun the gun that is getting into the hands of the wrong people mm-hmm. and the way how they're massaging the message to make it seem like, well, you know, we need to control everything. But I think people that are, are able-minded and sound-minded and educated can make the proper decisions. Absolutely. And be able to move forward. And that's the same with the right to choose. I mean, I totally agree with you. I don't mm-hmm. want nobody telling me what to do with my body. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I had a conversation with a young lady the other night that I'm mentoring. And I said to her, I said, the only thing that someone can tell me to do with my body is where to buy the best girdle so I could be snatched every day when I don't have to worry about nothing. But don't be telling me about anything else. I need to know where to be snatched. I don't want to see it on me. You better call me and say this is where I got to be snatched at. Okay, that's what I want to know. You understand? I mean, I'm just going to keep 100. I ain't going to lie to you about that. And then when we talk about workforce development I was just telling someone I said when I grew up I went I had a a summer youth program it was part Mm -hmm. of my high school program I had a summer youth Mm -hmm. program and then I interned a while for free to kind of get into the business world I Mm -hmm. said and we're losing that disconnect like Mm -hmm. we have idle hands for our our youth right now Mm -hmm. and now we're Mm -hmm. mad because they they had the time is idle but we don't have businesses saying you know what let's take this opportunity and give this internship for four weeks and work out something that it's, you know, compensation for the individual. But then we get mad when we don't have a proper solution for the challenge that we have. So, you know, I agree with you on that too and how government can really change the way we think once people yeah. are completely educated, you know, I, you yeah. know, I call it like the, the silent movie after a while, you know, you hear everyone kind of spouting the same thing and they sound, they sound like Charlie Brown with the, you know, now for me after hearing you, I'm like, Oh, okay. That's what it is right there. You know, I, I ain't mm-hmm. even going to lie. I said, I said, sister is telling the truth. Let me go and sit my tail down and hear what she's talking about today. And I was sitting at work and they was like, who's she talking about? I said, y'all ain't never seen her before. I said, oh, we're going to watch this on the, yeah, y'all come pay attention. Cause Thank I need you. To, to, to feel what it is that I feel because everybody work, you know, walks a different path. So public right. education to me is extremely important. Yeah. For sure. I went to public school. Mm-hmm. I don't want my teachers now, especially with everything that's been going on with the shootings in the schools and things like that. When you mm-hmm. have a teacher that's burnt out, when you have a teacher that is just overwhelmed, that, mm-hmm. that reflects in the education. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So now mm-hmm. we have to think about safety measures. Now we have to mm-hmm. think about safety for the children. But we mm-hmm. also have to make sure that the curriculum matches the times. You know, Absolutely. we talk about they wanting to remove um, African American history. You know, and I, I say all the time, but that's part of history, whether it's African American, mm-hmm. Indian history, German history. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. part of history. Why mm-hmm. do we want to remove that? Because then you remove a staple of who I am and where mm-hmm. I've come from. So mm-hmm. you know, let, let's really think about that before we mm-hmm. put some people in charge who really don't know the real tea. As I say, well, so you that's, you know you mentioned you mentioned something um, when you talked about 
the teachers being stressed out because there are people of a different party than mine who believe that teachers, the solution is more guns and that teachers should have guns. And you talked about um, teachers being stressed out and, you know, things of that nature. And so can you imagine a stressed out teacher with a gun and a classroom and they're kind of just going crazy and the kids are doing whatever? That's a recipe for disaster. That is not a recipe for, you know, a, a calm and collective um, a school environment. That's a recipe for disaster. Absolutely. And so I don't understand when folks get shot and we have these school shootings that people go in with, oh, we need to have have more guns. No, that that that's just not the solution to the problem. And then as you talked about history standards, I, if you erase my history, then you erase who I am. And exactly. people have always said that those who don't know their history are bound to repeat it. So if you don't show me where I came from, if if where I came from was great and grand, then I know what I meant to be. But if what I came from wasn't so great and grand, I know exactly where I don't want to go back to. Exactly. And if you take that away, then I don't know any better because now my history is not a part of my learning experience and then I'll fall for anything. And so that history standards piece is very, very important to ensure that all of our children know where they came from. Nobody is blaming you for the actions of your grandparents, your great grandparents, your whomever. Right. But you have a right to know where you came from and you have a right to know what happened to your ancestors. What part did they play in history? No different than the women's suffrage movement. Right. You Those people go, she wanted to keep, you know, they wanted okay. to keep women from voting and that put us in crazy houses and loony bins and all that kind of stuff because women wanted to vote. So the history is the history. And so we need to know it so that we don't repeat it. I told you what I tell y'all today. I told y'all I was bringing it today, baby. You, did you hear what she said? OK, we ain't done yet. Y'all pay attention now. So now we're talking about funding education. We're talking about promoting economic empowerment. But again, for some people that's different because they don't walk the same walk that everybody walks, right? So we talk, you know, every platform is cutting taxes and, 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 you know, everyone wants to save the dollar and all these things. But the one thing you said that made such a, a, a tug on my heart was childcare, competitive wages and affordable housing. How those things have 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 changed many lives post pandemic, because now people are still trying to catch up, and still trying to find their way, or to be equally paid, or to find childcare one that's safe, and two mm -hmm. that's affordable, and that can work within the means that they're working in. Because now you have some households, you got people working two and three jobs just to be mm -hmm. able to keep up. You know, we have lost a sense of security. Um, economically because of the pandemic, okay, because mm -hmm. unexpectedly, but now we need to rebuild that, but we don't have a lot of pol politicians other than yourself saying we need to rebuild. You know, I think of the $6 million man, we must rebuild it. So let's mm -hmm. rebuild it mm -hmm. and, and, and let's make it work. So how in, in your platform do you see the initiative coming together to assist with affordable housing? Because I mean, we have more people now that are, are, are deciding, do I pay rent or do, you know, do my lights? What do I do? Like, you know, they're juggling. So how Absolutely. does your platform fit into that? 
Well, in terms of affordable housing, um, one of the things that I did in this most recent General Assembly session was serve on the Affordable Housing Caucus Committee. And that was a committee that was put together um, by our, our, our Democratic leader um, in the General Assembly. And what we did was we looked at causes and we looked at and we looked at some solutions. Part of the problem is we just don't have enough affordable housing units being built. And so one of the things that we came up with as a possible solution going back to localities and working with them was making sure that if you have a development of, you know, 100 units, 150 units, 200 units, that you have 10 or 20 percent of those units as affordable. Some people would say that we should reduce the requirements, right, that we should reduce some of the, the um, uh, zoning requirements and we should allow um, multifamily properties to be built in residential properties in residential areas. And that's kind of a twofold thing. You've got to have some input from the folks who bought into residential neighborhoods to see if they want to invite that density into their, their neighborhoods. But it's a situation where I've seen it work in some parts of town. And I think if implemented properly, it could definitely work in other parts of town. Um, but housing is one of those things that is um, I won't say it's a fundamental right, but it is one of those things that brings everyone fundamental peace. If you have a place to lay your head, if you know that you can pay your bills, if you, you know, if you have a reasonable expectation of clean housing, safe housing, working housing, I've always said people should have a clean, safe and working place to live no matter how much money they make. Right. You should come home and you should not be afraid to turn down your street. Everything in your house should be working. The lights, the, you know, the stove, the this, the that, none of those crappy landlords. And then um, a clean place, you know, in a neighborhood where you feel proud when you come home because the neighborhood is being kept clean. And so those are some of the things that we're working on when we talk about affordable housing. We're also talking about like increasing the affordable housing trust fund or the housing trust fund rather to help folks become homeowners. Um, there's a huge barrier to home ownership right now and it's called price. It's called price. Um, I remember when I first started selling real estate, I was like, Lord, just send me a buyer that's buying $150,000. Just send me a buyer that's buying $150,000. And that was a lot of money 14 years ago to be able to purchase a home. And then it got to two hundred, dollars And now it's almost at like two fifty dollars or three hundred dollars is an entry level um, price point for someone to be able to own a home. So a lot of people are priced out of home ownership. So we need to make sure that we are utilizing housing trust funds. We're utilizing and expanding down payment assistance programs to be able to help those individuals who are first time home buyers. They might be at entry level jobs. They may have moved up a little bit and they're making a little bit more money and they want to be homeowners. They should not be priced out. You shouldn't have to make a quarter of a million dollars in order to buy a home. No, I, I, I am so with you on that. And, and, and again, that's the educational part of it as well, too. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of the lenders need to be a little bit more forthcoming and educate. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. because when you don't educate, then it's, it's a misconception of what the expectation, what, what the expectation is and what reality is. So, Absolutely. you know, that that's a very big point. And I think with the government being on top of that and, and, and people such as yourself coming in and saying, hey, wait a minute, flag on the play, mm -hmm. baby, pricing mm -hmm. them out. What's going on? Let's talk mm -hmm. about this. We'll, mm -hmm. we'll make, make stiff regulations for them to follow. 
So mm -hmm. I appreciate that. You know, and can I add one more thing to that? Just in terms of some of the things that we've also done to help protect tenants. So in working in the General Assembly, we've done quite a bit to help protect tenants because a lot of times you have these unscrupulous landlords who will raise rents in the middle of leases. They make they force people into going month to month so that they can raise the rent and they put folk because it's a, I mean, it's a backlog of people looking for a place to stay. Right. So if you have property and you want to just go up on the rent um, and you force someone into a month to month lease, you can do that. And so one of the things that we've done is we've increased rent protections for folks who have lots of unit, multi-unit properties. Um, you can't just sell the property and, and give everybody a 30-day notice and put folks out on the street. You have to give at least a 60-day notice. Also, we've extended the pay or quit deadline from five days to 14 days. We have people that are living paycheck to paycheck right now, and we really have to be sensitive to that. And as a landlord myself, I am very sensitive to the needs of people who are living paycheck to paycheck and helping them to be able to keep a roof over their head and be able to have a clean and safe living, you know, living place and know that everybody who falls on hard times is not a bad person. Some people just fall on bad times and it is incumbent upon us to make sure that those folks are not taken advantage of by bad landlords. No, you're absolutely right. Yes, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Because it, it puts everyone in the same fishbowl when you fall on bad times. They, they assume the worst instead yeah. of, you know, uh, um, being able to put that hand out and give that olive branch mm -hmm. so that that person can grow. And we, we, we tend to lose the biblical sense of um, helping our brethren. And I yeah. think that's what that's so lost in that. So, yes. again, I tell you guys, I, I told you guys when I saw her on Facebook, y'all was going to be like, oh, this is the one right here, Danielle. Listen to the demon. I'm telling you. Um, you know, one of the things, too, you talked about workforce development and there, there's such a, a, a difference in what people assume workforce development is. Mm -hmm. and, and when I say that is um, we have a lot more seniors that are still working trying yes. to make a living because their health costs, especially their medications are very expensive. Then you mm -hmm. have the youth trying to get into those positions where you would think the seniors would retire, mm -hmm. um, have a lot of vocational schools, high schools that are trying to introduce those entry-level um, applicants or students into the workforce where you have employers who are looking for a certain amount of years of experience. So it's just like a bag of marbles trying to get them all to to mesh. So yeah. how would your platform for workforce development work with those type of entities, those that are trying to get in, those that have opportunities in, in companies that don't want to let them in? Like, how do we say, look, you guys, you got to be able to, to give a hand and encourage and, and mold a possible applicant into an employee? Well, that's a great question. And I really think that, um, the system itself and our economy is forcing employers to take a different stance on how they treat workforce development um, because there's a shortage of quality workers in terms of qualified that not there's a shortage of good people because we got plenty of good people, but there's a shortage of quality workers. And I think what's happening is I have conversations with different corporate executives. I'm looking at I'm asking them, what are you doing to help people? who are in one job field 
and they want to retrain for another job field, how are you helping them? I.e., are you offering childcare allowances? Are you offering them paid on the job training? Because here's the thing. If I am living paycheck to paycheck, and whether it's $15 an hour, $10 an hour, $12 an hour, what? What I don't have is six or eight weeks to not get paid to learn how to do this other job that may pay me $20 or $25 an hour because I'm living paycheck to paycheck, right? So I don't have six or eight weeks to not get a check at all. And then now I'm outdoors. I'm evicted. My car is repossessed, right? So I'm talking to employers and corporate executives when they come visit with me and when they come talk to me, it's what you all have to do to ensure that you're helping these people make this transition. Because maybe you have people who can do a night course or do night school or whatever. They may not have childcare. Okay. And so, and then there are those people who are working paycheck to paycheck and they have a family and they may not be able to swing two jobs, i.e. the job they have and then getting training for the job that they want. So you're going to have to make training lucrative for them in order to get them from where they are to where it is you need them to be, but also to help them to get to where they want to be, which is making more money so that they can provide a better life for them and their families. One of the things that I did this this last session was I put forth a budget amendment that was for 300000 if I'm not mistaken, for Tatwater Community College. They had gotten a grant from the federal government and actually it was 600,000. It was um, a grant from the federal government for childcare for their workforce development programs, right? So if you had that parent who wanted to come to school and get that training and they've got programs that are three weeks to three months, you know, and learn and get a new skill so that they could connect them with an employer, if they've got little people, then they were just up a creek. And so TCC had the facility, but they didn't have all of the funding to be able to revamp it from the shutdown after COVID. And um, so we put forth, I put forth a budget amendment to give Tidewater Community College an extra $600,000 in order for them to be able to um, revamp that um, child care center, because that is definitely, definitely a need, um, not only in our community, but throughout the Commonwealth. No, you're absolutely right. And and now I want to kind of double back because um, it must be lucrative for the employer to see why the paid training is important. But mm-hmm. I don't think employers understand that once you provide that training to that individual, he or she will want to stay with your company longer because they see they see that you understand their value. Yes. Um, and, and then th- that word of mouth becomes your mm-hmm. marketing mm-hmm. campaign, for a better word, mm-hmm. to say, hey, they paid for me to now. I'm from here to here. Yep. I think most companies look at it as, um, well, it's going to cost us money. But in the end, it's going to cost you more money to try to find someone to replace mm-hmm. the person that just left for the mm-hmm. little two or three dollars more because mm-hmm. you didn't want to make that initial investment. You know, mm-hmm. tuition reimbursement is great, but that's after you do everything. Right. Right. You got to pay the money out and then wait to yes. get the money back. And then you don't have the money to put it out, then you're not going to do the training. So therefore, you're going to stay in the same position. And yeah. we have, you know, companies popping up all over the place throughout the different localities. And I really hope they hear what you're saying. If you do a paid training that could be tailored to a particular mm-hmm. position or industry or skill, 
-hmm. that person is going to give you mm -hmm. more time to stay there because mm -hmm. now they feel like I'm valued. Uh, this company really likes my skill set and I see mm -hmm. a future with this company. So it's no longer yeah. a job. It becomes a career. And Absolutely. I think that's where, you know, we need to understand Absolutely. the difference, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people don't understand, people a lot of times don't understand that um, companies oftentimes look at bottom line, right? They, or, or I guess people do understand that companies kind of look at bottom line. But to what you say, if you start looking at the person and you start looking at people as human beings, not just widgets or assets or whatever you want to call them, but you start looking at them as people and that they are a contributing factor to your business. Because the other piece of it is if that position stays open, your profitability goes down anyway. If you don't have anybody there to do that job, you're going to stress out and burn out the people that you already have. And then you don't have, and then those people are going to either be sick or they're going to quit because they're going to go somewhere where they don't have to work as many hours um, and where they may be, where they may feel more valued. So making your employees feel valued and cared for by looking at their needs is very important. And that's how you have employee, high employee retention all day long. And, and, and it's something that it, it, it's very A, a B, and C. I mean, it, there's mm -hmm. no differentiation from this template. This template can be initiated and implemented anywhere. But again, it becomes that bottom line for the company. And look, I understand mm -hmm. that revenue makes, you know, businesses run, which makes, you know, revenue goes up for the cities because they get their money from the companies. That's great. But your, your biggest asset, your is people. the workforce development mm -hmm. is your people mm -hmm. so i mean absolutely. i again when i heard you speak about this i was like wait a minute i was like hold up let me pay attention more to what miss graves is dropping on this facebook live right here okay uh. <laughs> and, and, and i don't and then I, you made you mentioned something about a, a economic shutdown like if people don't really start you know getting into oh, yeah. um their education the workforce mm -hmm. the companies don't get into workforce development mm -hmm. we start, start looking after our seniors we can find ourselves between a recession and then inflation and we can mm -hmm. be in a really bad place. And I kind of mm -hmm. wanted you to kind of talk about that from a perspective of sitting in legislation saying, hey, hello, we, you know, there's an issue going on and it's affecting us. What do we do? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, I, I totally agree with you. We do have our seniors that are working longer and um, they are the reason why we're here. And at some point, your golden years should be golden, not working. They should be golden. <laughs> I want my golden years to be golden, not working years. Right. And so we do have to. And I, and I really think that companies are starting to see it because they're 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 seeing the shortage of people coming into the workforce in terms of traditional jobs. So they're having to do some things like tailor hours and shifts and things like that. And then making room for our seniors or our seasoned citizens who are more apt to maybe only work another five years. There's value in that as well. And they can come along and they can train um, the next generation. One of the things that I also see a value in having seniors um, or, or seasoned citizens working or wiser um, 
uh, employees working is they can help the younger generation with those soft skills. Because a lot of times we, what I hear is we can't get anybody to work. We can't get anybody to work. Can't get them to show up on time. They just take off work any old, you know, and it's so many different things. But I think if you have a good combination of folks who have experience in the workplace, along with those who are entering the workplace and you have an environment that makes both of those people feel valued, um, then I think that's a recipe for success. And so we've got to do a really good job at culture shifting how we see employees and how employers see themselves and how they relate to the people coming to work for them. Because I'm going to tell you, these young people are not working all day and all night for a gold watch. They're just not doing that. They are not there. They they value quality of life. They value their health. They value community. Um, and, and so they are not going to work 40. Well, they'll do 40, but they aren't doing like 60, 70, 80 hours. And then you just say, oh, thank you. And give them a watch. And, you know, they go off into the sunset. They're, they're not going to do that. So it's got to be an environment that is conducive for them. But I think there's also a great opportunity for them to learn from those of us who have been working a longer period of time, we can give them some wisdom as well. Yes, work wisdom. That's exactly what I call it, work wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I think it also builds um, that bridge of understanding um, what technologies have changed between then and now. Um, I always crack a joke. I said, look at when I started out, we had this little uh, dot machine, you know, was, you just typed in a little, the little thing looked like Tetris going across the screen. Y'all got yep. all type of SharePoint and CRSs and all that, but I don't know. Yep. Yeah, don't be asking me. I said, but it shows the progression of where we are. I said, I said, mm-hmm. we used to carry these big old phones back in the day. You had to have a whole sleeve. Made. Okay, <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got the whole sleeve for the phone. Now you got this whole thing that you can put in your ear. You know, I'm like mm-hmm. I said, it, it, it's it shows the transition for us. And I, I know for me, I want someone who can speak to where I am. Who mm-hmm. can speak to where I'm going, who mm-hmm. understands that, you know, life is situational, but we mm-hmm. have to be able to give it sound and let mm-hmm. people know that we're here to vote because we mm-hmm. want to be heard, we want to be seen, we want mm-hmm. to understand the importance of workforce development, mental mm-hmm. health, school safety, mm-hmm. all these things that affect your household when you stick your key in the door. That is right. still a part of what goes on in your life every day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, I just want to thank you because you are you doing it. You getting the word out, you know, besides not having no fun. I mean, you working too hard. We don't have to talk about that stuff right there. <laughs> now, what do you do to unwind after all this? You, 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 you're dealing with government. You got some real estate stuff. going. What do you do to unwind? Well, I will tell you that um, unwinding is for after elections. Um, When we're in election mode and campaign mode, there is no unwinding. There is, you know, you can sleep when you're dead. Um, (laughs) But I will tell you my staple through it all is um, hair, nails, and feet. So I get my hair done. Um, that is a non-negotiable. I get I have my manicure and my pedicure every two weeks. That is a non-negotiable. Unless All Jesus right, or Barack right, Obama right, is coming, my staff knows. Don't ask me about anything on hair, nail, and, and hair, nail, and feet day. Don't don't ask me, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that's how, um, and I have great friends too that I do 
um, talked to um, throughout the week and they are encouraging of me and I can call them. And, and, and I gain encouragement from the things that they have going on as well. I, I think it's not just enough to have people that are cheerleaders for you, but it's also important that you have people who you cheer for. And I get a lot of joy for cheering for my friends, right, who are doing great things in their own, um, pers- in their own professions and in their own personal lives. They're accomplishing their goals. And so we have, I, I have good friends, but hair, nails, and feet. That's, that's my, I'm with you. Look, right look, now, that's like, it. I'm waiting on vacation. We're going to talk about that. Me and you, we're going to talk about that. Yes. Um, yeah. Vacation is not till July, but right okay, now, okay, okay. Look, it's hair, you, nails, and feet. You get ready to be, look, when you get elected, see, I'm keep putting that in the air now. I'm giving it yes. sound when you get elected. But yes. now if people want to volunteer mm-hmm. for your campaign, tell mm-hmm. us how they can get involved and find you and, and, and what they need to do. Great. So um, I am running for the 21st Senate District in the city of Norfolk. It is an all Norfolk Senate District. First time we've had one in more than 35 years. And I mentioned Senator Yvonne Miller because this district is simply an expansion of her Senate District. And so it is very important that folks understand that this is a minority majority district. And if you want to keep a minority minority representation, which it matters because there are only two Black females in the Senate currently, I would ask you to make sure that you're voting. Um, Early voting starts in 10 days on May 5th, everywhere. So understand, number one, that there is an election everywhere in every city, right? There there are people, all 140 seats in the House and the Senate are up for re-election. And there's an election in every city that is going on um, in on June 20th. That's actual election day. And early voting starts on May 5th. So you can early vote in Norfolk. You can do it at City Hall. If you are, if you got mobility issues, you can drive right up. They have a sign outside. You can call somebody from the registrar's office. They'll come down, take your ID, get your back and securely return it back to the registrar's office. If you would like to volunteer for my campaign, you can um, you can visit our website. It's www.angelawilliamsgraves.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter at AWG Norfolk and on Instagram at AWG underscore Norfolk. But this is the most important election in my lifetime because we've got redistricting and we've got this all Norfolk Senate seat that we have not had in more than 35 years. And so it is super duper important that you come out to this primary on June 20th or you early vote to make sure that your voice is heard. Folks are hoping and counting on you not to vote. I'm hoping and I am counting on that you do vote. And if you want to volunteer and you don't live in the city of Norfolk, you can do that too. That's it. Now you guys don't heard it all. There is no reason why. Do not let nobody tell you your voice is going to be silent by not voting. You have the right to vote. And women, I encourage you. I am telling you when I first saw my guest, Miss Graves, on Facebook, she took the wind out of me because everything she said as if it was, I was sitting there talking to my girlfriend, like Aww. these are the things that are bothering me about what's going on right now. And I made it my business to make sure I reached out to her. So I'm telling you now, I told you I was bringing y'all the tea. So you know the dates, okay? We're going to make sure you know that election is coming up on June 20th. Do not 
be discouraged. Get out there and vote. Your vote matters. And early election starts on May 5th. Yes, you ma'am. have a right to be heard. Give it sound, baby. Give it sound. Yeah. You know how I say. Now, before we get ready to close out, um, I want you to concentrate on this sentence and then I want you to give me your feedback, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. When you when you become connected with your spirit, family, and friends, church and community, you become more empowered and in line with your inner being, becoming stronger, giving it sound, and making a stronger foundation. And I, Angela William Graves, gives this because, finish that sentence I am this because, or I give this because? I give this because. I I give this because I can. I give this because I've been blessed to. I give this because other women and other men have fought for me to be able to be where I am. And I have an obligation to make sure that I am giving my best so that the next generation has something to stand on. So I give this because I can. Now, you guys heard it. See, see she done closed this out. So I'm telling you, I told y'all I was bringing the tea today and you got it today. There is no, no unwavering doubt that when she becomes elected, we're going to have some changes coming about. We're going to be heard. We're going to be seen. But most importantly, the strength, the foundation of family and faith. We're going to walk into that beautiful office we call government and change the minds of some people. So in closing, you know, I just want to thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're going to talk offline, girl, because you know me and you you got a nail appointment. We're going to do something. We're going to work it out. But you guys know on the dynamic perspective, I like to bring real honest conversations with people that are out here changing our communities and making things happen. And again, I could not be here without this many support of everyone that tunes into the show every Tuesday. Those that are my continuous supporters, such as I, I shot you media concepts, uh, Mr. White Transport, Swag Media, um, everyone that you know reaches out to me, the young ladies that I call and I mentor on the phone because I know that when I lay my head down at night, I've done a good day's work. And that's the most important to me. Sometimes it's not about the coins. It's about the peace. Yeah. So I want you guys to know that you might, you have the power to invest in yourselves and take care of your emotional, financial, and mental well-being. You have to be strong enough to deal with the challenges that life gives you, but understand that it's only perception when it is not your reality that you have the right to fight against inequality. You have the right to be steadfast in the foundation of your family and faith. And you can fight all the societal pressures that are nothing but myth and taboo because you can change with any direction you want to go into. So now I tell you, this is the month of April for me. I'm about to celebrate my 55th. You understand? I'm about to be the big five, five baby. It's coming down. Do you understand? I'm about to do it. But again, my biggest present to myself is being able to be here with you guys every Tuesday, knowing that someone out there has heard my voice, heard some good words from my guests that are on the show and say, you know what? I've learned something today. But in closing, be safe, be 
healthy, be wise. We'll be back the, the second week Thank of May you. for another great show. Thank you again, Delegate Thank Grace, you. for being with us. We truly appreciate all the tidbits. Y'all know where to find her. I will have this information on my website as well, too, if you want to know how to volunteer. Everybody can make a difference. Yes. Look forward to seeing you again. Have a great weekend. It's your girl, Diva Danielle, and I'm out of the building. Good night. Get away.